It's late Wednesday afternoon and I don't even know what to do with myself because the pod is late tones. We're busy holding the dick. Holding the dick. Yeah. Holding, holding my dick personally as a 30 year old. You're old as fuck, man. Is it even work anymore? I... (laughs) No comments. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, quarantine's a crazy time. Start, struck a nerve. Tell you that. Yeah, we we were both busy doing stuff and things, but we had we plenty have jobs, of time. man. Yeah, Fuck. yeah, yeah. We we had plenty of time to do this today, and we've got a good one. I'm really excited about the things that we have prepped for the boys. This today. is a good one. This one will be worth the wait. And if anyone bitches, just give it to doors, not me. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Uh, DMs, DMs. The first thing we're going to do is because we've been doing fun things off the top of the show and you had a wonderful idea to do some rapid fire takes. And here's the game, guys. We are going to be asking each other 12 questions and we haven't really prepped (laughs) our thoughts ahead of time or consulted on what we're going to do here. Right off the dome. So right off the dome, we're going to give answers to to a bunch of questions of who is the best or the worst or whatever for guys in the league. And I'm going to ask Ant first. Oh. And you're just going to rapid fire hit me with your answers. <laughs> I'm nervous. Um, and then once we're done, we'll take a deep breath and you can ask me. Excellent. All right. I'm in. So uh, start the clock. Tones, who has the best gift game in the league? Ryan. Who is the worst trade negotiator? McDonald. Who would run a real NFL team the best? Rob. Who would you let date your sister? Rich. Great hugs. <laughs> Just, just gives great hugs. Who's most likely to quit fantasy forever and ever? Probably me. Who's most likely to commit murder after a fantasy oh, loss? Oh, Rich. Not even, not even a question. Rich. Who's most likely to marry one of their players? You. Who's most likely to have their relationship end because of fantasy football? Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> Nick. Yeah, Nick. Who's, <laughs> who's most likely to bring the trophy into bed with him and a lady friend? Rob. Whose championship should be taken away? Oh, Mike, for sure. Who do you most want to win the trophy next, other than yourself? Oh, other than me, eh? Uh, fucking uh, Franco. Who do you least want to win the trophy next? Jared. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Shout out to Jared. Like Jared. <laughs> Not only making it into every chat every week. More than most of us, but now into the rapid fire takes in the podcast on the fourth and long pod. Oh, I love it. That was fun. I was nervous. I'm like, oh my God. I was nervous because as I was reading them, I wasn't processing them. And now I'm thinking to myself, I now have to answer the questions as well. And before you think anymore, I'm starting the clock on you. Ready? Yeah. Best gift game. Dan. Who is the worst trade negotiator? Franco. Ooh. Who would run a real NFL franchise the best? Rob. Who would you let date your sister? Ant. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, who's most likely to quit fantasy forever? Me. Most likely to commit murder after a fantasy Rich. loss? Rich. <laughs> That's unanimous. <laughs> most likely to marry one of their players? Mike. That's true. Most likely to have their relationships end because of fantasy? Definitely Nick. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> most likely to bring Trophy into bed with him and do crazy things with their lady friend? Uh, Rob. Whose championship should be taken away? Mike. Who do you most want to win the trophy next? Other than yourself. Genera. Oh. Who would you least want to win the trophy next other than yourself? Mike. Why wouldn't you choose yourself for that? 
<laughs> why did we put, why did we put other than yourself? Actually, that was me. I was just on a typing roll and I just nailed it. That's great. Okay, so hold on. I'm gonna take yeah, a deep yeah, breath. Let's, here. let's unpack. Let's, let's unpack. take a deep breath. We both agreed that Nick's relationship would end because of fantasy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be from earlier this year, right? The chat. It's it's all I talk about. You guys don't understand. I and like his that, girlfriend's like very much into this as well. <laughs> I think that we learned this. If there's something I learned about an individual this year, it's that Nick loves fantasy more than we have ever given him credit for. True. And for a guy that, in my opinion, came in in the first year not knowing a ton about football, his love and passion has grown so much. And you don't win twice without getting super obsessed about what's going on. You get addicted to winning. 100%. Right? Yeah. And we've seen him just completely lose his mind. Mike's talked about it. I think that he would, like, low-key be super, super, like, fuck everything in life, including you, Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I want to touch on the rich who will Great. murder people. Yeah. Yeah, it was unanimous. And the, the easy, probably the easiest answer for both of us. Why? Because we've <laughs> sat on couches with this man when Dalvin Cook... You, like, besmirch Dalvin yeah. Cook in any way. He's ready to just put the knife in your throat. But when he's having a bad fantasy week, it is... You got to, like... Rich, you know, stroke the furry wall. Any, uh, get him to the Greek reference there? Anybody? Yes, yeah. Um, stroke the furry wall, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. He's, he's, he gets mad. He gets pissed. I mean, I, I'm pretty bad too. But. but like a lot of guys in this league as just individuals, when we get quiet, we get right, mad. Right. And Rich gets quiet. <laughs> just he gets back. He gets, he gets red. Things start to sweat. It's just like, yo, he's going to murder somebody straight up right now. Okay. You most want, I most want Gennaro to win next yeah and i think that it would be so great because his lifetime of fantasy football mediocrity in this league is just like it's just a it's standard procedure at this point <laughs> i want genera to excel in greatness like i really do i just want to see it happen i think it'd be good for the it's good for the league it'd be good for the league who did i even say there i think i froze up because i was just like i hate you all i want you yeah. all to fail and crumble miserably i think i said franco so i think i just went like oh he's a nice guy you know <laughs> i think you maybe said you least want him to win the trophy <laughs> No, that was Jerry. Oh, that's that was right. that was easy. That was Jerry. That's right. Um, Which we both agreed that Franco was the worst trade negotiator. No, I, I said Mike. Oh, you said Mike. Yeah. Sorry, it was between them two though, but it was Mike because Mike. Here's the problem with Mike's trade negotiating. Yeah. He haggles for like the seventh, eighth, ninth round, like as the kick-in pick to balance the fucking pick situation. Like, no, 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 I want your eighth, Mike. It's a fucking like you're taking kickers. Who cares? Like, I remember this was the DJ Moore trade last year. It's like. We went back and forth. I still have the text of like, no, no, no. It's got to be a seventh. What's the fucking difference between a seventh and an eighth? Like, sure, here, man. Fucking let's go. <laughs> My argument for Franco is just that he thinks that his players are either the greatest players in the entire league that has ever played the game or that he just doesn't need anything because the team is just fine the way it is. Which and you might not be wrong about. And that's, that's to me. We agreed on one more, and I'm trying to think of what it was. Um, oh, would you? who would run a real NFL team the best? And we both said Rob, I think. I th yeah, I, I just Very defaulted meticulous. to the I defaulted to the Madden thing. Yeah, and he's ruthless. You'll just cut anybody. It's smart. And honestly, I I think that in hindsight, I think that I I maybe would also honorable mention one A one B U, but I'm letting I'm you date my I'm letting you date my sister, so that's hey. a whole different story. Um, Mike Dotto, we got for taking this championship away. We both. Have oh that. yeah, that's it's just a no. I think the whole league. That's that's just. 10 out of 10. You Everyone think about the other Mike, Mike yeah. might even put himself down for that one. Yeah. He just knows. Um, who would who would have sex with the trophy in bed with them? I pre I'm pretty sure both of us said Rob. I said one. Rob, yeah. Yeah, because Rob would – he's probably already done some disgusting things to that trophy. And you guys better pray to God I don't win that thing because there will be jizz. There is a lot of 
water, vinegar, and soap that is used to clean that trophy when I get it back for the 48 to 72 hours I get it back for. If this league still is around in 10 years, which I hope to God it is, yeah. there, like, I, there's not enough Stanley Cup-style stories with our trophy. This trophy needs to have experiences. You're fair. That's... If and when I win, I am taking this okay. thing on some fucking journeys, all right? This thing's going to go through some things. It's going to be well-documented. Like Ovi. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be in the canal. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna take it to Ottawa. We're gonna have some fun. Like you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole experience. We yeah. need more stories with this trophy. It's a challenge to anyone who wins in the, in the future. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I'm imagining like a very bright montage set to music with like slow dissolves of like, wouldn't it be nice? Then oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. Now yeah. we're talking. Let's yeah. go. You're gonna be my director. It's gonna be great. Absolutely. Okay, that was a great time. We have another segment that's going to come up later where we're going to take a deep dive into the draft from this year. It's some time. Hits, some hits, some misses, some great picks, some bad picks, and recapping um, a lot of what went down on draft night. But for the time being, let's move into a busy week of matchups. And we're now two weeks away from the fantasy postseason. We've got weeks 12 and 13 left. So this is important. And especially important because now this week we have teams clinching. So we start with our first matchup of Mike defeating Dan. Mike moves to seven and four. Dan falls to three and eight. 138 to 83. Yikes is the final. Mike clinches a playoff spot. Congratulations. We'll start with Mike, the highest scoring team of the week, and he took care of business. And the Greg Jennings performer of the week this week. I put the team on my back, dude. Was Adam Thielen helping him to great success. Uh, but four TDs in two games for Adam Thielen. He has made some ridiculous catches tones in the last two weeks. Unfortunately, now on the COVID list, we'll get to that in a second. But more good, Derrick Henry, Anth. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah, back-to-back 100-yard rush games. Yep. Yeah? Yep. And Mike pointed out that he's got a fantastic fantasy playoff sked. He's got Jacksonville, Week 14, Detroit, Week 15, Green Bay, Week, uh, week 16. It's pretty damn good. That's big for a guy that... Most likely, well, no, like it's mathematically impossible. He will not get a bye. So having that good week 14 matchup against the Jags is pretty damn fucking key because you don't want to have a tough matchup week 14, have a really good team, falter in the quarters, and all of a sudden all your hard work all season is gone. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the bad stuff though. Yeah. So Chris Carson is hurt. No Galladay. Will we see, where where is Kenny Galladay? He's just been hurt all the time. Uh, Julio Jones, the only really game I watched on Sunday was Saints, uh, Saints Falcons. Julio re-injures the hammy, standing on the sideline with the bucket on his on his head. Like, how many fucking times have we seen that with this guy over the over the past few years? Uh, it's struggle. He's struggling big time. Um, Thielen, COVID list. Yeah. So I'm just reading a report. That's why I just stumbled. Yep. Pelissero said he tested positive, then, then negative. negative. Yeah. I didn't know that. So <coughs> is he gonna be cleared? If he, I, I assume one more negative test, which I assume will happen today on wednesday yeah so maybe by thursday he might get cleared right or do they just keep him in there no i think that another negative test i think back-to-back negatives mean that he is back in that he will be okay but the question is will he get the result before the week of practice is done so there is a possibility that thielen doesn't get a practice in but can be cleared and will play on sunday right so I thought it was close contact, but I guess not. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not at, sure. So at this I, point, I guess not. To be honest, at this point, I have lost track of who is it's close tough. contact and who's... It's like... And you pointed this out in the chat. Like, the way that the NFL is manipulating this this year, yeah. it is one of... And they are known to be such a complete farce and they scam everything. Okay, this is their ultimate scam yeah. job. Yeah. If they're trying to abide by protocols, they're making these things up as they go. Absolutely. It's a complete sham. The fact that... 
the whole Ravens team tested positive on Monday, but not Sunday. You're telling me not one yes. of the fucking 20 guys tested positive. Like, give me a fucking break. Like, you know what I mean? And people are just fucking eating it up. Like, Zeke, like, come on, man. And now the Steelers are pissed. Yeah, and I would be too. They're That's bullshit. The NFL is directly, not to get into this, but the NFL has directly helped the Titans yeah. and the Ravens, two teams that they are competing with in the AFC for playoff spots. It's fucking garbage. The only argument I'm going to make is that it's not an intentional thing. They just happen to be a, of, ma- it's of a matter course, of circumstance. The punishment for the Titans was not much, right. right? In terms of like, sure, they lost like a sixth round pick. Who fucking cares? And some money. Who fans? And if you're running a team, it doesn't really matter. These owners rake in cash. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just unfair. Like they lo- the Steelers lost their bye week, and now they lost their primetime Thanksgiving game, which yeah. I like. It does mean a lot to the players. I personally don't care, but like, it does. It and and this was supposed to make up for that bye week, right? Yeah. You play Thursday, now you have ten days rest. That's kind of your mini bye. Now yeah. that doesn't happen. That fucks you, man. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose this week, just because the mental, you're just mentally not there, you know. For sure. So back to Mike. The last thing we want to talk about is Zeke Elliott, because mm-hmm. what would a week of the fourth and long pod be without talking about Zeke? So. Zeke reaches 100 rushing yards for the first time this season. And we've talked about Mike not starting Zeke for the rest of the year, Tones. But in my opinion, coming into this week, choosing Gurley, who had to face the New Orleans run defense, versus Zeke versus Minnesota, okay? That was just the wrong choice in every way for me. And it wasn't, an, let's continue to indict Zeke for being bad. It was... Todd Gurley against New Orleans is a non-starter. Mm-hmm. You just can't do that. I never thought that the Falcons were going to compete in that game. That means that they would come away from the run game. But even though they were competing, the Saints were going to stuff him every opportunity they had. He's got no elusiveness, and the Saints stopped the run. What are we? What's the debate here? Yeah, Gurley finished eight attempts, twenty-six yards, abysmal. Yep. He had a catch for three receiving yards. Zeke was twenty-one for one hundred three, had a touchdown, eleven receiving yards. Yeah. He was efficient this week, which is what you wanted to see from Zeke, right? Finally, efficiency was there. The carries were always there. You can't predict that, though. I wouldn't have thought his efficiency would go right up. They made one move on the offensive line. I forget who it was, but somebody moved to right tackle. And is it, like, am I going into that game thinking that's going to change everything in their run game against Minnesota, whose front isn't that good, but like... It's also not like it's kind of middle of the pack, right? It's not like it's a smash matchup that like you just have to put them in, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I understand the apprehension from Mike, but maybe he just listens to us too damn closely. Maybe he just takes our word, yours and nice words like way too, way too seriously. I sure hope not. Uh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know. That, I, I, I'm not gonna knock him too hard for it. Is what I'm trying to say because Zeke's just been he's been so fucking bad. How do you trust it, right? And like, in a must win game for him to keep pace have some semblance of hope as as the possible three seed if you're mike you don't want to slip down to four or five you just yeah. don't like you can't do it right yep. you want to play whoever's the six seed that's fair so i don't know i don't i don't knock it and i mean he still won by about 50 points yeah so, so it's good. fine yeah uh dan there's good and there's bad we'll start with the good chubb back-to-back 100 yard rushing games dan was very excited about getting nick chubb back obviously here he is a little late in terms of dan's push to the playoffs mm. but here he is Deontay Johnson's last two weeks tones, 27 targets, 18 catches, 227 through the air, and a touchdown. When this guy's on the field, God, he's legit. Yeah, yeah. just needs to stay healthy, man. He's so fucking good. Yeah. Just needs to stay healthy. The bad from Dan this week. Yeah, Swift, Conky, yeah. no bueno. Yeah. Hopefully he's back, but that's super disappointing for a guy you were getting really excited about. Yeah. Um, the demotion for Hollywood Brown. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still workshopping in my own brain what we need to call 
Marquise Brown going forward because Hollywood, he just doesn't deserve it. But, Doris, I have something for you. You ready? Go ahead. Who is the highest scoring Baltimore Ravens wide receiver this season, fantasy-wise? Rece- highest receiver? Yeah. I'm not trying to stump you. I don't even know any receivers on their team. It's Willie Sneed. Oh, he's there. Willie Sneed has oh 55.9 fantasy points this year. Marquise Brown is 55.2. Oh, that's so tight. <laughs> like, I know it's tight, but it's just illustrating the fact that Marquise Brown is... Like, Willie yeah. Sneed has never been picked up once in this league right now. Yeah. The dude is... Throw him on the waiver wire. He's trash. Get him out of here. He's done. He I know we keep him on for the name and stuff, but he's just not good. Like he's First just not game good. of the year last year, yep. right? Rookie, yep. first game of the season, he had like two touchdowns, a big deep catch. I forget what the production was, but it was insane. And then he kind of just floundered the rest of the year. And like, yeah, like I I, I, I was at the, I was pulling a CRG. I was at a cottage this weekend, so I didn't watch a ton of football, nice. but I watched a few, I watched a few highlights of games that I was intrigued by. And I threw, first one I pulled up was Baltimore because I've been stumped by them all year. Yeah. That offense is like a shell of itself from last year. Lamar specifically, the deep balls aren't there. He's like he's he's missing deep balls by like five yards. Like it's not even close. And last year those were connecting. That was with Hollywood being a little banged up, as he explained after the season. He was a little he had he was just dealing with nagging injuries all season long. Yeah. But it's just not it's just not hitting, man. And I don't know if it's him or if it's Lamar, or if it's the offense, or if it's you know they got to get Des more involved. Who the fuck knows, man? But it's oh, it's not yes. good. Yeah. Get a catch, I think. I can't because I was just I was it's been two minutes since you asked the question and I still can't think of a single receiver other than <laughs> Willie Sneed Willie Sneed and Marquise Brown. There's Devin Duvernay and then there's Miles Ooh. Boykin. Oh, Miles Boykin. Duvernay's a super speedy guy and Boykin was uh, oh I think a third round draft pick in the real NFL draft, goodness. but he's trash. Okay, so Dan. Dan must win both of his remaining games for a chance at the sixth seed. Okay. He mm-hmm. is three and eight. There are three teams above him at four and seven. One of those teams is a playoff team in Genera, who and he has a hundred more points for than him. So, Dan's remaining schedule: Ryan, winnable; Franco, who currently sits in a bye. The mountain to climb. We haven't scratched Dan off all year long. We have not once said that it is over for this guy, and the hope somehow is still there. But he has to has to win both games. One loss. To even he, have a chance. He gone. He needs that and potentially some help. So that's it. Yeah, we're gonna see. I mean, his squad's getting healthier. Chubb looked fucking great. Like he he looks like he's ready to roll again. So we'll see. It's possible. Yep. We move on to you, who defeated Rich. You move to eight and three. Rich falls to five and six. The final score being one hundred five to sixty six. Congratulations on clinching. Woo! We're back, baby. Yeah. We're back. You're back in the playoffs. Doors. Yeah. Tell me about it. 2015 was that, the last yeah. time I was in the fucking dance, buddy. Yeah. 20 fucking 15. That was five years ago. We were we were we young pups, man. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna flash you back, guys. Please. 2015. What was going on in 2015? You ready for this? Some of the top music. Uptown Funk. Bruno Mars. Whoa. Banger. Thinking out loud, Ed Sheeran. I don't know if you're into that kind of thing. Oh, what I else we got it. here? Great, great track. I'm just looking at it. Blank Space, T-Swizz. Mm. She's a bitch, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, the Weeknd had an album that year. Good stuff. All yeah. right. Other things. Ready? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Hotline Bling was another one. Oh. Adele, released 25. Adele is the goat. She's not One of my favorite artists of all time. She's yeah. the best. All right? Yeah. Jon Snow died. Oh, spoilers. Get fuck out of here. That show ended <laughs> two years ago. I was waiting for it, too. Jon Snow was fucking dead. Yeah. I remember watching that shit with you, and yeah. we were 
stunned. It was fucked. Yeah. Uh, Making a Murderer. Remember that? Oh, that was a thing on that Netflix. Was good. Uh, also on Netflix, Narcos debuted. That was that one's just for Rob. Wow. Uh, Star Wars came back, unfortunately, because. Mm. Horrendous. It's just what a. I didn't even watch the latest one because I'm just like the second one was so bad. I was just like, what are we doing here? It doesn't get <laughs> this is just brutal. Anyway, yeah, it was a long fucking time ago, so I'm happy to be back. And now you're back. And just on this week's matchup, you cleared a hundred points for the first time in four weeks. The last time you Oof. did it was the 154 point explosion against me. Thanks for that, by the way. In week Eight. seven, and we have seen the roller coaster of your team this year in terms of the points for. But you won. And it sounds like all you needed to ignite Mike Thomas was Taysom Hill at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, apparently he just kept feeding him. It was great. It was vintage Mike, man. He was getting open regularly. He looked 100% for the first time all year. It was very exciting to see. My whole receiver group was really good. And unbelievably, my the strength of my team, which is Aaron Jones and Miles Sanders, were kind of underwhelming. And they have been. And it's just been like... Last couple of weeks, they've been a little snake bit. So I think they're due. I think they're both due for a big game. Yep. I don't know what Dougie fucking Peterson's doing over there in Philly, but that's a discussion for a different pod. Something crazy interesting is that Kyler Murray's 20 points is his lowest production of the season. It, to me, that's absolutely insane. And it came against Seattle, a team that we thought that he would probably light up. Yeah. I think part of that was the shoulder. And we saw him tweaking, playing around with it, and he yeah. wasn't looking quite right. It didn't look right. I think he had his, it was like an AC joint injury after the game i was thankful like as soon as it happened i'm like fuck like he's not going to rush as much now and he didn't right he uh, I, th- I don't think he rushed for a single yard after he got dinged up which right i understand why not but uh, you know the positives is it sounds like you know 10 days rest he's going to be fine for next week i'm really worried that he might not rush a lot in the next couple weeks uh just to kind of protect that shoulder a little bit but um yeah something to monitor for sure no doubt as for Rich, outside of Dalvin Cook's 20 points and Joey Sly's 10, it was a complete and total disaster. And not just for guys not putting up points, but even for injuries too. I mean, where do you want to start with him? Because it was just a tough one. For Rich really Sly. tough. Uh, he started the week with no Allen Robinson, no Stefan Diggs, who was his new shiny toy. Yeah. Um, that's unfortunate. They're both on a bye. And then Wayne Gallman, we can't forget either because he's been really good. Yeah. And he goes would likely be in there for Daryl Henderson, who finished with a grand total of nine yards. Um, but yeah, Joe Burrow out for the season with what Rob described as a total, what did he say? It was a total explosion of the knee or some shit yeah, like that not good yeah just not good Bob. man acl mcl whole nine <laughs> yards that sucks like that sucks i don't know because there's multiple reports out there right now that we don't know if joe burrow is going to be ready to start in 2021 yeah there's some mixed mixed bag stuff out there but i don't know he's a young guy i could see him being back by week one getting an injury tearing your acl late in the season means that your your recovery is going to be pushing towards training camp Mm -hmm. but you've torn your acl and your mcl and again not a knee expert but it looked bad it is bad we don't know when he's going to be back but i like the the idea of being being a young guy and he can probably recover the bengals are Back to unwatchable, which is nothing new. Dalvin Cook got banged up, but the 20 points speaks for itself. He ended up coming back, but he didn't look good on the sideline. We'll keep an eye on that. Juju, LOL a Juju, because I'm pretty sure he got hurt after stepping on a penalty flag (laughs) and then didn't come back to the game. And I get it. The game was out of hand at that point, so why come back? But that was hilarious. And the last thing I have written down is DJ Chark. I mean, explosive game a few weeks ago. To me, that was a complete mirage. And I, I guess we can thank... Vladimir Luton slash Luton free slash Luton Vuitton Jake Luton our boy <laughs> yeah he gone now it's long neck Glennon back in there fucking uh, scrawny boy what happened to Gardner Minshew is he hurt 
Uh, I think he, he is. Got hurt. I think he is hurt and also just sucks. So they're just like fuck it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville, man. There's a lot of franchises that you just just shake your head at, wondering what the fuck they do day to day. DJ Chark hasn't even hit ten points in the last two weeks after twenty points on twelve targets, one forty six and a touchdown in week eight. In we're week gonna get into draft stuff, but. One thing I don't have for the draft and that I should touch on now is what a disappointment DJ Chark. I thought this guy was going to be unfucking real this year. I was yeah. so mad you were when he got taken ahead of me, when he got taken uh, I think four picks ahead of me. Yep. And I dodged a huge bullet there, big time. Yep. Yeah, we were all upset about that. Yep. You're right. We'll talk about draft stuff later. Yep, 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 yep. In the meantime, let's move on to the next matchup. That's Nick who defeated Rob. Nick moves to 10 and 1. Rob falls to two and nine. Final score one thirty-five to one hundred one. And on Nick, he won his sixth straight game this week. That's the longest active streak in the league. And he probably, and I put probably, clinches one of the two playoff buys. If we look at the points for, there is a possibility Nick actually somehow falls out. But as it stands, we're pretty sure he's going to. But it's not mathematically for sure yet. So Nick is on the best record watch tones. He's currently ten and one. There are two weeks remaining. 11 and 2, as I stated on this podcast last week, is the best record ever. It was done by Nick in 2018, the year he won, and that stands alone, untouched as the best record in league history. So, with 10 and 1 and 2 weeks to go, he can either beat it or match it. And his remaining schedule is Christian Genera, who put up 120 plus this week, and Mike Dotto, who has not been healthy but has still managed to put up a shitload of points this year. Will Nick do it? Yes or no? Uh, tie it, yeah. One and one, very attainable. Very attainable. Beating it, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he loses one of these last yeah. two games. Like, like, CRG's team is no slouch, and Mike's team is obviously very good, so we'll see. I There's, don't know. It's hard to say. I'm going to say I'm gonna say no. It's going to be 11 and 2. 11 and 2 tie, yeah. and I agree with that. Yeah. You want to talk about Nick's running back situation yeah, this year. Yeah, this is something we have kind of been, like, dipping our toe in all year, but now it's time to go fucking deep, mm-hmm. all right? Nick's RB situation this season is it skill or is it luck? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it all down. Sure, he grabs James Robinson for one dollar on the first day of the NFL regular season on that Thursday. Okay, we yep. just got news that he was going to be the starter. No one ever heard of this guy. I remember seeing that go through my Twitter. I'm like, who the fuck is James Robinson? I look him up, undrafted free agent. I move on with my life. He picks him up for one fucking dollar. Why is that important? Well, he started Lev week one, who is trash. CMC goes down week two. Robinson immediately goes in as of week two after we saw what he did on week one. Yep. Without that, he is fucked. Like completely fucked. Because it was basically David Johnson as his other option. And throughout the season, without Christian McCaffrey, he was playing the waiver wire game constantly. It was Robinson as the staple, as the here's the RB1 every single week. Yep. And week three, he picks up McKinnon, 13 points. Weeks four through seven was pretty much Robinson, David Johnson, and David Johnson, who's been wildly mediocre in that stretch. Imagine that guy. Take James Robinson out of that. It's David Johnson, mediocre David Johnson, and some other guy, right, who might not give you anything, and all of a sudden Nick has several more losses in the column there. It keeps going. Week eight, picks up Gus Bus, 14 points. Mm -hmm. Other RB that week on his bench, Le'Veon Bell, three. Week 10. Picks up J.D. McKissick. Who? Six rushing yards, a TD, 43 receiving yards, 10 points. Maybe week. McKissick's best production of the season. Maybe. one week. Maybe. Yeah. Week the 11. Week needed him. Yep. Picks up Hyde, 15 points. Every pickup this guy has made, and he's just been spot pickups yep. left and right. 
they've all produced. The worst one was 10 points. Yep. That is, to me, impressive. I think, here's my verdict, and I want to get your take too. I think James Robinson is a little bit luck. In fact, not a little bit. I think it's a lot of luck. Yep. The fact that this guy comes out of buttfuck nowhere on a shitty-ass offense and is producing the way he is, is nothing short of a miracle. Yep. On the other side, the week-in, week-out skill that it takes to recognize the right waiver guys to pick up, not only go get them, some of these guys were for free. He didn't even have to fab bid against a lot of these dudes. And he's getting them for guys that... for He's getting them for prices that are a dollar, $2, $3, sometimes free. Yeah, sure, he spent up on a couple guys, but that's okay. You're getting them, they're producing, and it's keeping your team afloat. And now because of that, he has one loss. I'm very impressed. I'm not. Mm. And the reason why I'm not is because... And this week... Here's another example of it this week. Gus the Bus. He's putting him in yep. because he has to. He's not going to start J.D. McKissick, and he's not going to start McCaffrey, who's dead, and David Johnson, who's dead. He has no options, and what happens? He goes and he spends some money on Gus the Bus. He's going to put him in. And what? And we knew this coming into waivers. We knew that Dobbins and Ingram were both out, and this was Gus's opportunity to have a great week. But if you look around the league at other fantasy managers, no one else has really, really needed that spot start waiver guy at the same time that Nick has. And Nick has had opportunities to pick guys up when other guys haven't really overbid him on some of these guys. Robinson was luck. He got him and he ended up being a huge impact player this year. We all have that guy though. We all do that. Not to this level. He's like the RB2. No, no, no. I I understand. I understand. But you already said it. James Robinson was a lucky pickup in terms of what he turned into, right? There's no doubt about that. My point is that when you are making these pickups, when no one else is really vying for the services of these guys, and then they happen to blow up and have one of their best performances in the week that you get them, the McKissick pickup, the Carlos Hyde start, pickup and start, no one was clamoring for those guys when Nick chose to make those pickups. And that's why, to me, it's complete luck. But see, I, th- I think what you're saying only further hammers the point that it is skill because you're telling me that Picking up good players, everybody should want to pick up good players that are going to have starting roles that week, even if it's just for one fucking week. Your team is a prime example. (laughs) You have no running backs after this week. You should be picking these guys up left and right. Ryan's team, Rob's team. I don't care who you are. You could be stacked as fuck. You should always be looking at picking up guys that will help improve your roster, whether you need them that week or not, for trade chips, for whatever the fuck it may be, right? Just throw darts at the wall and hope it sticks. Him capitalizing on other people not jumping on these guys is no fault of his own by any stretch. Yep. He's wrecking. You can make a lot of bad spot start pickups. Lord knows I have. Lord knows you have. Of course. And he's just recognizing the good ones and saying, fuck it. I'm just going to throw these guys in and it's working out. Like, I think that does take skill. If the rest of the league is asleep at the fucking wheel, then that's on them, not on him. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. I, I think like... We've seen, we, everybody knows this, right? You don't win the league at the draft, as we're later going to find out. <laughs> oh, yeah. You win it during the season, yes. right? Your waiver moves are everything. Your trades are everything. He is the perfect example of this. Yeah. His best player, the best player in fantasy, went out for pretty much the year. And he's 10-1. and one. Yeah. Burr? After Bananas, the draft that he had. Yes, which we'll get into. Yeah. Crazy. All right. I don't know. It's an interesting discussion. Absolutely. Sure. Great points. Um, quickly on Rob, Rob's a Vikings fan. I think we all know that by now. Mm-hmm. He picked up and started Adrian Peterson this week in what could be his final NFL start. And he scored less than two points, Tones. But to me, the pickup and start was so poetic. 
because AP and Rob, they go way back, and Rob in his prime would have loved to have had Adrian Peterson, but he started him now, and he got 1.8 points. That wasn't good, but to me, it was beautiful. Saints legend. On the flip side, good for Mark Andrews, who finally had a game worth discussing this year. He had a season-high 96 receiving yards and a touchdown. That was his first TD since week five, and that's impressive considering Lamar has forgotten how to throw. That's crazy. Let's move on. Yep. Franco defeats Ryan. Franco moves to 8-3. and three. Ryan is now 4-7. and seven. 119 to 95 is the final. And congratulations to another guy who has clinched a playoff spot. It's Franco. He's won his fourth straight. He retains the second playoffs bye with two weeks to play. Franco is on his way to a bye, Tones, and that kind of probably worries you a bit. Yeah, sure does, man. Man, I'm going to beat his ass this week, so fuck it. I ain't screwed. That's a little teaser. Come at me. Of our marquee matchups later. Franco... Had Keenan Allen this week, Tones, who was on the verge of being the Greg Jennings performer of the week because of this performance. 19 targets, 16 receptions, 145 through the air, and a touchdown for a season-high 18-plus fantasy points. Keenan Allen is now the fantasy wide receiver 7. And thank you to his boy, Justin Herbert, for doing that. Because with Tyrod Taylor, this was not the outlook for Keenan Allen this season. And as former Keenan Allen owners, yeah. you and I are yeah. thinking, God damn. like banging my head against the cement wall here. Fuck, it's frustrating. He's always been this good. Yes. But he now is a quarterback that can deliver the fucking ball on time when he's open. It's it's amazing how easy football can be. Yeah, and deep when necessary. Yes. Because he can absolutely sling it. Mm-hmm. I have comments about Alvin Kamara, or maybe a question for you. I'm wondering, will Alvin Kamara's production be negatively impacted with Taysom Hill starting at quarterback, possibly Taysom starting for the rest of the year because Drew Brees' status is one of the most unknown things that we have seen this year. Yep. Talk to me about Alvin with Taysom and what it means. Uh, it's hard to say after one week, um, but it, they didn't really use Kamara that much. There's a lot of Latavius Murray this year, and I wonder if that was by – or this week, but I wonder if that was by design. But I do think he's probably going to take some red zone looks away. Maybe the multi-touchdown games might go away, but he's still going to get his, man. He is – like I said a couple weeks back, he is the straw that stirs the drink in this offense. Yeah. He is the dude. And if anything, I think he's going to help Taysom in terms of the short, intermediate, pass to the line of scrimmage, let the yak guy go get you some yards and get you down the field. I think he's going to lean on Mike Thomas and Alvin Kamara for the next few weeks and do exactly what Breeze has been doing and a couple deep shots here and there, and that's that. So to answer your question, I think... Yes, by like 5%. Okay. Not enough to where you're concerned. So the 10.5 lowest total of the year for Alvin Kamara in game one of Taysom Hill is no reason to be concerned. Nah, I think it's just to kind of, you know, they're in control of the whole game. Yes. They wanted to control the ball. So that's why I think there was a lot of Latavius and he looked great. So, um, yeah. And I think maybe they're just, you know, playing it smart, which like what the Packers do, are doing or did with Aaron Jones, right? Like just... We need you for weeks 15, 16, 17, and in the playoffs. We don't need you to beat Atlanta in week 11. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. Um, let's talk about the KC triple stack quick because they're back um, with Franco confidently starting Clyde this week. He had 60-plus fantasy points between Mahomes, Clyde, and Kelsey. And here we go again. Let's talk about Travis Kelsey. Beast. Do you know how good Travis Kelsey is? <laughs> yeah, he's fucking good. And he's going to keep me up all night this week, this fucking guy. Travis Kelsey has 129 fantasy points this year. That is 58 more points than any other tight end this year. Mm -hmm. Do you know where he would rank as a wide receiver in the wide receiver ranks? Give me the wide receiver blank for this season for Travis Kelsey, which you don't know. 
Well, let's see if you can kind of nail it. Five. Did I nail it? You did. Oh, I'm so fucking smart! Travis Kelsey, with 129 points, would slot in front of Chase Claypool and Tyler Lockett and just behind DK Metcalf and Adam Thielen. Damn. DK Metcalf has 138 fantasy points this year. That's third best amongst receivers behind Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Adam Thielen has 134. That's four fewer. And five fewer than that is Travis Kelsey. Unbelievable. His last three on, weeks alone are ridiculous. And on a team that Tyreek Hill plays for, yeah. the fact that a tight They're end... They're both getting theirs. Yes. Right? Like, it's nuts. It's nuts. So, we've talked time and time again on this pod this year about what Franco will do for keepers next year. And he has until the end of August mm-hmm. and beginning of September of 2021 to decide. August 2021 sounds like a great time to be right now, Oh, my it? God. My goodness. Heat. Sunshine. Ugh. No corona. Hopefully anyway, not. I'm just, it's just interesting to see what he's going to do with Travis Kelsey because it's, it's keep like, that's not even a question. Come on. Yeah, I know. He's a wide receiver one. Look at his last three weeks. 109 and a touchdown. 159. No touchdown. 127 touchdown. He's a wide receiver one. And he's probably one of the best. I know. You don't, you don't drop this guy. I know. You it's can't just, do it. You just, are you waiting for the, are you waiting for the drop off? You know, are you waiting for him finally? Yes. He's going to be 32. I'm just saying. But here's all, here, here's the thing, right? Yep. He can do half the production that he's doing right now, <laughs> and he's still the probably the tight end, what, two or three? Yeah. So he still has value. And as long Absolutely. as Patrick Mahomes is there and Andy Reid is there, he's going to get his. Even if his yards after catch goes down, he's probably going to still end up with 10 touchdowns a year, yep. which for a tight end, as we all know, is awesome this year. Yep. So I think I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to be a keeper for Franco for the next like four or five years. All right. Uh, quickly on Ryan, uh, CeeDee Lamb's end zone catch. Beast. Man, this guy is the real deal. We already knew that, but when he does things like that, it's pretty impressive. And the last thing I want to say is Naheem Hines doing what Naheem <laughs> Hines does best. He had negative points at the end of the third quarter, but he managed to give Ryan five. You just don't know what this guy do, you tones. Just infuriating. And uh, what's his the head coach, uh, fucking former Frank Eagles Reich. guy, Frank Reich, yeah. says uh, before the game, I think it came through on like Sunday morning or Saturday night, that Hines was going to get the bulk of the carries on Sunday. <laughs> it ended up being Jonathan Taylor, which is just, oh, that makes me angry and I don't own any of these men. Yeah. Sucks. Well, we move on to the final matchup and it's, my pleasure to say that CRG beat me this week because CRG, who is now 4-7 and seven and wins by 32 points, he changed his team name to Pete Weber. Who do you think you are? I am! Tones, the pod called for Pete Weber, and now it's back. Genera is now 3-1 and one this season as Pete Weber, and he puts up 122, which is his most in a few weeks. Who do you think you are? I am. It's back. We're back. <laughs> We're fucking back. He's never going to lose again. Genera is not going to lose for the wow. rest of the season. Wow. He's got the, he's got the power of Pete. That's it. Pistol Pete yeah. in his back pocket. Exactly. Do love you love that. it? I love that. Oh, I think that's great. It's I perfect. think that's great. I love that he's three and one <laughs> with that as his, as his name. Yeah. Could have been easy, CRG. Just don't change your name. Just leave it. Just leave it. <laughs> um, not so good news is Joe Mixon. We were wondering this week what was going on with him and then finally he's placed on the IR. Yeah. Seems so like a mismanagement of that player this year. It seems so weird because like earlier this week there was reports that he might miss the rest of the year. Yeah. Um others were saying that he didn't have a major injury and that he could be back in a week or two. Like as soon as like this coming Sunday or yeah. sorry, this past Sunday. Right. And then the coach was saying like no comment basically on when he was asked about his status for the rest of the season, which makes me kind of perk up. 
and then they throw him on IR, which this year doesn't mean as much as it did in years past because he can be back in three weeks, right? But like, it sounds like he might not be back for the rest of the season. And it's the same thing we said about McCaffrey, right? If now, especially with Joe Burrow hurt, if in three weeks he comes off the, he's eligible to come off the IR, why the fuck are you bringing this guy back? For what? Right. Help your tank out, get this next stud offensive tackle on the, with the third pick in the draft and move on with your life. Like, I don't know. Thank goodness. I, I'm just going to like put in perspective. Thank goodness that Joe Mixon was on a team like Gennaro's who had kind of like the coast mentality going for him. Imagine him being on your team and you're expecting this guy back, but week after week he fails to practice. If they put him on the IR three weeks ago when they could have done it, knowing that he wouldn't have played, that would have maybe changed my mind heading into the deadline as a buyer, as a competitor. Obviously, I'm not, but I'm saying if he was on a different team, Mixon, maybe this would have changed Gennaro's mentality because sure. he's going to come back. Wait, no, he's not. He doesn't practice. Why isn't he practicing? He's out, not on the IR. What the hell? And that's such a frustrating mismanagement Sucks. from a fantasy perspective, right? Um, and now he's got to rely on James Conner, who's what the fuck, and Melvin Gordon, who had an awesome week this week. Yeah, when, when Christian's team booms, he does it on the backs of his receivers, and that's it seems like it's happened a few times. Devontae Adams and DJ Moore had huge weeks this week, and, I mean, Russ obviously leading the way. But, I mean, let's talk about Gennaro's receivers, because Ridley came back for CRG this week, and he had nine targets, 90 yards. When Ridley's in his lineup, his team is better. So DJ Moore's been good the last couple weeks. Devontae Adams, eight touchdowns in the last five weeks, and you mentioned Melvin Gordon having a huge day, so... I just say it's a good time for him to start producing at this point, heading down the stretch, and he's he's in a playoff spot at six yep. right now, holding that six seed, and he just needs one win to get it done with two games left. So I'd be curious because it's just I don't think it's gonna last with these two guys. It's just not Connor is just too volatile. Melvin Gordon, New Orleans next week. We just talked about it. Rundy, I don't know, man. That's like we said, you need good running backs to win, and if CRG is going into it with those two guys and Singletary, who you also can't trust, that's trouble. Well, if he just wants to get the sixth spot and then lose by something to AD, then he's just right on track. And we've mentioned this before, and I think he's in great shape to at least get there. Yep. His remaining schedule, he's got Nick next this coming week in week 12, and he's got Rich the final week. Mm-hmm. Needs one win. We've talked about Dan Sked, too. He needs one win. And honestly, Tones, for me, there is really nothing to say. <laughs> I tried to spoil. I couldn't. I lost my seventh game, added a poop emoji. The only thing I want to say about Tyler Boyd mm-hmm. is that – it's really annoying that Burrow is out for maybe even extended into next year because as a guy who I looked at as a keeper, if Burrow is hurt and if Burrow misses training camp, that is just not boding well for a guy that you want to keep who he had a good rapport yeah. with. You can't build on that. We're kind of just at a stalemate, standstill, whatever you want to call it with Joe Burrow. So For every Bengals pass catcher, right? Like even you know T. Higgins, A.J. Green, if he's still there next year, like it, that just throws everything for a loop. And for you, short term, for the loser bracket, that yeah. sucks. Like, you know, he's like, Probably not even startable. I mean, we'll have to see, but I don't yep. even know who the fucking backup is in Ryan Cincinnati. Finley. Oh, God. What? Yeah, he went like three for How 10. is Kaepernick not in the fucking league? Finley? Yeah. Christ. Okay. It's time. It's time, buddy. I'm excited. I am excited. Oh, this is going to be good. We're going to piss a lot of people off. It's going to be great. It's our 2020 Draft Reflections Week. Woo! As we have passed the trade deadline and we've passed double-digit weeks in fantasy football, it's finally time to reflect on things, decisions that were made, picks that were made, and we're going to start with some overarching themes of what you and I think of the draft in general. We'll start with you and, and what you think your overarching theme is. Yeah. So just looking back on this draft, right? We're just thinking, okay, what, 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 what are big takeaways? Yeah. Mine is that picks do not matter. Yes. Earmuffs to the sellers. <laughs> picks just don't matter. Keepers do. And I've said it 
already this year, but I'm now going to drive home the point. Despite a super deep draft and lots of talent going into this past year's draft, there were still so many fucking busts. And what's everybody been saying in the chat so many times so far this year? Oh my God, next year's draft is going to be loaded, 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 loaded. That's what we said last year. Okay, here's the fucking proof. On paper, it looks great. Here's the results. Mm -hmm. Clyde, first overall. Meh. Godwin, pretty much a bust. Galladay, bust. Carson, pretty solid. DJ Moore, underwhelming. Mark Andrews, underwhelming. Juju, bust. Taylor, bust. Amari Cooper, bust. Cam Akers, lol. Uh, <laughs> Terry McLaurin, really good. Le'Veon Bell, bust. Calvin Ridley, good. DK Metcalf, smash. Raheem Mostert, bust. Todd Gurley, not great. Can't rely on him any week. Yeah. Robert Woods, he's okay. Patrick Mahomes, really good. Cooper Cup, he's okay. Tyler Lockett has had pretty much one good week. That's just the first two rounds. Yes. Okay? How many of those guys are you genuinely excited about? You Maybe three one, or four? You mentioned one great, yeah. and that was the DK Metcalf. Right. I would say that there's a few guys in there that if you just take away the injuries in a year that you didn't have training camp, we would have some more smash picks. But that is my, my only point. argument. But yeah. that is my point. Like, yeah. you don't... Everyone looks great on paper, right? Right. But... We forget this every year. There's going to be injuries. Right. And if you are... Like, I was a guy going into... Like, I am proof here in the pudding. I was relying on Chris Godwin to be my keeper going forward. My yeah. keeper wide receiver. I drafted that guy second overall. I'm like, good. I got my keeper to go with my two running backs. And guess what? By week two, everything changed. Yep. I go out and get AJ Brown. He's a big reason why I did that. Godwin, I'm like, I can't rely on this guy to be my only shot at a keeper. Mm -hmm. Let's get AJ Brown. And then, of course, Mike Thomas happens after. But my point is, you can't lock yourself in and expect, oh, the guy I'm going to draft in the first round or the second round or the third round is going to be my guy going forward. It's just not that simple. You need to go into the teams that were successful this year are teams that had good keeper situations going into the season because they all pretty much had bad drafts. Every one of the contenders, with the exception of Franco, had a bad draft. I am one of them. Because I had good keepers, because I turned one into a better keeper and Kittle to Mike Thomas, that allowed me to be competitive this year. Sure. And that's just it. Like, like look at the teams that had a bunch of picks last year. Rob, CRG, are you afraid of any of those teams? It combined six wins between the two of them. Right. You can have – I was terrified of those teams coming, after, coming out of this draft. You can have all the picks in the world, but you have to hit on a couple of these guys, and it's harder to do. It's easier said than done. That's right. all I'm say. And that actually kind of really leads well into my overarching theme because like you said, the draft can be very pointless due to turnover and what have you. But I think that my big theme is that you need to steal one big pick from draft night. And whether it happens in your first or whether it happens in your seventh round, you need to steal one. And here's some examples of teams that have shown success this year. Keepers excluded. Franco gets Keenan Allen in the third round. That's a guy that most fantasy managers had kind of given up hope on, but he kind of hits it. Regardless of the circumstances, mm -hmm. the pick ends up looking great. Keenan Allen, wide receiver seven. Antonio Gibson for you in the fourth, which we'll talk more about later. And Kyler in the sixth. Great RB depth piece, and you got the fantasy QB1 this year. You hit two, mm -hmm. and that helped your team remain competitive, which encouraged you to buy and get good picks. Mike taking Lockett in the second and Waller in the third. That's the fantasy wide receiver five and the tight end four. Again, giving Mike a higher ceiling, allowing him to compete, encouraging him to buy to make his team better. Even a guy like Rob Fuller in the sixth has allowed Rob yeah. to put up 100 points 100%. a week, even despite selling. And there's some other teams, like, for example, myself, 
Ryan not hitting on any picks really that have kept us competitive and that ended up leading to selling. My theme, make a pick, make it hit, and we all have to have at least one at some point to keep us competitive. The first overall pick of Clyde, to us, to you, to me, I'm just going to go for myself, to me that seemed like a no-brainer. Frankel came into that night talking about maybe the potential of selling the pick. In hindsight, a no-brainer first pick, right? It was the right one, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, there was a lot of really good options at the top of the draft going. I'm just trying to rewind back yeah. and put us into that mindset. I remember me and Mike having a lot of conversations. Wow, like, we're spoiled. We have so many options, right? Like, Mike's sitting there going like, oh, whoever you don't take at two, I'm taking at three. And it's just as simple as that. It was a very clear-cut top three. And Clyde was the absolute no-brainer. If Franco didn't take him, I would have taken him. Not even batting an eyelash and I'm a guy with two running backs that was going into it but yeah he's been underwhelming man and this is you mentioned about Keenan it's the same thing with Clyde right situations change sometimes as soon as weeks two three four as soon as Herbert comes in there Keenan Allen yeah when we redo this he's probably like he's probably a consolation pick next year at this point if he's not kept right yeah. like it, it's just it's kind of crazy how that works but yeah like I Clyde I think would have been an absolute stud if Lev didn't get involved there. And Lev's been shit, but he's still taking opportunities away. Yeah. And I don't know. I could see I could see Clyde having a really nice, you know, we've seen it so every year, right? There's always that rookie running back that gets really hot starting like around week 10, 11, 12, kind of around now, and then ends the season really, really well. And now you carry that momentum into the next year. Last year it was Miles Sanders, right? And that's what got me so excited about him. Like, oh my God, here it is, right? Let's see if Clyde can do that. What's really interesting to me about Clyde and Franco specifically is that when he takes Clyde, we all are jealous because we think Franco's got this stud RB1 for the next how many years with Kansas City's offense. There's an argument to be made that Franco will not even keep Clyde. He might not. The first overall pick in our draft. And you go back to other first overall picks, guys like Zeke, guys like Fournette, guys that ended up being at Saquon, guys that were keeper, starters, forever. Yep. And that's just the way it is. We could actually see a situation that develops where Franco doesn't keep him. And you could make the argument for Keenan, for Kelsey. Obviously, Kamara stuck there. But even for Kareem Hunt, depending on the situation next year, been very, very viable. Now, I'm not going to not to go back here and not to keep, you know, hammering home the points. I think I made it well. But this is what I'm saying in terms of you have to go in with good keepers. Of course. Without Kelsey and without Kamara and without Kareem Hunt, who was... A fucking huge dart throw to both of us. We're going, what the fuck? But without Kelsey Kamara specifically, what if he was relying on that number one pick to be an absolute star? Mm -hmm. It doesn't work, right? He turns into me drafting Fournette a couple years ago and you're just toiling in mediocrity and in the basement of this league for another couple years. It sets you back. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So there's just no guarantees. And Clyde is a perfect example of this. I think he's going to be... He's going to be an interesting guy next year because we're going to have to monitor his situation and see what happens in that backfield and see what happens in that offense. Because, yeah, maybe it just might take a year. Like, if you remember, Melvin Gordon didn't have a touchdown in his rookie season. Todd Gurley was kind of average his rookie season. Yep. And look what those two guys turned into for Rob, right? Like, I don't know. It's I could see Clyde still having an awesome career. Yep. Yeah. And regardless, there's lots of talent from Franco's team, too, going yes. back into the draft. 100%. The draft that doesn't matter. <laughs> as we are, as we have talked about. I just, yeah. The, just... the next thing we want to tackle here is we want to quickly run through the best and worst, worst mm. picks, excuse me, from each round. Ooh, this is what I'm excited so about. So this is something that we'll do pretty quickly. I'll go first. 
Actually, we'll start with you. Oh, okay. First rounder, you mention, let's say you, best pick from each round, and then I'll go, and then I'll just carry forward. So I'm so, rattling off each round real quick. No, no, no. You oh. go yours. Oh, okay. I'll so say round mine, one, round one, I'll round two, start round with two. the second. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. We'll see. Okay, here we go. Because I've got a wild card in the first. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first is a shit show, as I just explained. Yeah. Round one, ready? Go ahead. Chris Carson. Kenny Galladay. You're going to have to explain that one to me. See, because the thing is, is for the most part, we weren't going to explain them. But I'm actually really going to give you an explanation. Kenny give me Galladay. 15 seconds on Kenny Galladay. In the games he's played this year, he has been elite. He's only played four. He's put up double-digit points, either 100 yards receiving or a touchdown. Matt Stafford needs him. He's going to go to him. If Kenny Galladay is healthy by week 14 for Mike, Kenny Galladay is a wide receiver one and going to win Mike the whole damn thing. What if he's not? What if he's not healthy? And he plays four games out of 12 so far this year. We're not doing That's this a bust. Week, we're not doing this in week 16. When Kenny Galladay has been on the field, he has been elite. Elite in a way that I can't make the same argument for for quite anyone else in the first round. Sure. So okay. in the okay. sample size I've seen, Kenny G for the dub. I disagree, but I'll give it to you. Round two, come on, DK Metcalf. Oh, it's this like isn't a, a landslide, not, not even close. Fantasy wide receiver three. Yeah. Okay, go. Round, Round three, three, Diggs, Wolf. Yeah. I got Diggs too with a honorable mention, obviously, to Keenan because they're both comparable. Round, both. Th- round three was really good. Yeah. Uh, round four? DeAndre Swift. Ooh, I got CD. A couple rookies there. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going CD. And just in terms of value. Yeah. He he hasn't shown maybe quite enough to actually go with Swift, but I'm just saying because of what the upside looks sure, to be. Sure, sure. I, yeah, I, it was very much the same debate. The tiebreaker was we've already seen it was from CD week in, week out. And honorable, he just made a sick catch. Honorable mention to Gibson there. Uh, five for you. Yes, uh, Tyler Boyd. I got Boyd as well. Yeah. In the sixth, I got Kyler Murray. Oh, Fuller. Very, very close for me, and I was very close to saying Fuller as well. Yeah, but you can't. I'll go Fuller. QB1 for me. Sure. And the fact that you got him and you didn't even want him is interesting too, but Dak going first. Round seven for you. Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. And that was my honorable mention. But Brandon Ayuk is there as well. Interesting. And I like that. When Ayuk like has that. been on the field, they are using him in a crazy way. So. Franco's 18th rookie draft pick of the, the draft. Okay. Christian Kirk being your pick, but end up dropping him. <sighs> That's a funny pick from you. This pisses me off. Um, round eight. All right, round eight. This one was tough. Uh, I'm going to go Jamison Crowder. Mm. Only because he gave a guy value at the start of the year and in Round eight, that's all you really care about. I agree. And honorable mention to Hawkinson, who is the fantasy tight end five in a wasteland this year. Round nine, I got Tom Brady. Round nine, I got absolutely fucking nobody. Ouch. This is round nine. Anthony Miller, Michael Hardman, Randall Cobb. What was I doing? Yeah. Justin Tucker, who you can make a case for. Emmanuel Sanders, Hunter Henry, Sony Michelle, Dallas Goddard, Tom Brady, Pats D. Get this fucking round out of my face. Tom Brady is the QB8 ahead of Lamar, Matty Ice, Carson Wentz. Guys that nah. should have taken ahead of him. I'm Pass. just saying, if I'm going to give it to someone, I will. <laughs> round 10, who you got? Uh, Justin Jefferson, yeah. steal. Absolutely. Steal. I agree with you, fantasy wide receiver 12. Round 11, I got Damian Harris. Oh, I like that. Uh, I'm going to go Robbie Anderson, although I felt very not strong about that because he's been really bad for the last like eight weeks. Yeah, really <clears> tough. <throat> I like Harris now. If we did yeah. this two weeks ago, yeah. I wouldn't have done that, but I think he's established a floor and he's healthy. So mm-hmm. round 12, who you got? Tough one in round 12. I'm going to go Mike Will. I agree. Yeah. I got the same one there. Um... Dan dropped him, but understandably, Tyrod was yep. the quarterback. Uh, round 13, I got Curtis Samuel, even though Dan Same. again later dropped him. Same. Yeah. Yep. The worst pick worst for me is the Yes. This yes. is fun. Yes. Yes. Okay. Go. Cam Akers, round one. Same. Oh. Same. <laughs> Unders- the understanding the pick, yes. we hope that he would do the David Johnson establishment by week eight of the lead back. But in hindsight, oh God, right? This is a lesson for all you guys with a lot of early picks, right? 
I it was a bit of a reach at that time, right? I remember thinking that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like I thought he was gonna go like back of the second, early third, because like it was a really cloudy running back situation, and they were talking about committee all the time. Rob, who had the luxury of all these picks, yeah. says, fuck it, I'm just gonna reach and grab my guy, which I don't fault at all, but sometimes it blows up in your face. This guy is irrelevant. Yeah. You said, Whoa! Almost dropped the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Draft night got fired up. I feel hot. <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. Moving, Moving on. on. Round two, easy all oh, for me. This Go. is so poetic. It's just Lev. Yes. It's just the worst. It was so yes. bad. Your love for him is gone. It I was love it. so bad. I've got more on Lev coming up after this segment, but yeah. Round three, who you got? Hollywood, uh, honorable mention to Ingram. I, I, I'm going to pair up the Ravens. It's funny because I had the exact same thing written down, and I have Mark Ingram as my lead with oh. Hollywood, and it's funny because they're both Ravens. Disappointment. Round four, I got T.Y. Hilton, man. Oh, I'm going Ertz. Honorable T.Y. mention worse. to T.Y. Because T.Y., I, I remember... I remember sitting yes. in our in front of my computer going, he took who? Why? Uh, yeah. But I'm going Ertz only because, and I'm trying to keep like, I'm trying to keep the moment in our minds at the time. We we all like were sitting there going like, fuck, he just got Zach Ertz in the, where was it here? The fourth round. I'll tell like, you, fucking I'll tell you in a few minutes, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. But I've yeah, got more bad. I've got more on Le'Veon, T.Y., and Zach Ertz in just a few minutes, but... Moving on to round five. This was tough because there were a few, but I've got Julian Edelman as the worst same, pick of the same, fifth. Same. Yeah, few good ones there. Yeah. Who you got for sixth? Uh, Sterling Shepard. Mm. I have Henry Ruggs. Oh, that's one, yeah. That's probably a better one. He's had one game where he had yeah. three catches and a touchdown, yeah. but other than that, no consistency. What a disappointment he's been. Yeah. Really thought that he would have stopped because Nelson Aguilar, of course. Uh, Catching babies, right? Of course, catch babies. Yeah, I'm like yeah. Aguilar. I did the uh, round seven. I think it's your turn to go. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Jordan Howard. Yeah, I also have inactive Jordan in Howard. like week two. Like you're a joke. Get out yeah, of here. Yeah, he was never gonna be good. That's once a upon shame. a time a keeper. Uh, and also a dolphin for me in round eight. I've got Preston Williams by me. I took I took Preston. Williams. Oh, I'm giving this one to myself for taking Deshaun Jackson, who it literally started once for me and was trash. Yep. Uh, round nine, the aforementioned round nine. I have all of the picks. They're all bad. They're all everyone bad. sucked. Yeah, we I, just chalked. I picked one. I put James White, but you're right. <laughs> good, the, good for the you. Ninth round was bad. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Cause. Round round ten was tough because there were Very some bad tough. ones. I I gave I understood why, and it's round ten. But I gave your pick of Brian Edwards as the worst pick of the tenth round. I I gave it a tie between Nikhil Harry and Edwards, and yeah, I had Harry. That was yeah, it for sure. Who you got an eleven? Uh, Tariq Cohen. I know I also, we got hurt, but like Christ, man, like yeah, the fuck out of here. I didn't put anyone for rounds 12 and 13 because it was kickers and defenses. So I'll give it to yeah, you to take that's it fair. if you'd like. 12, 12, I put Sammy Watkins only because for the lols, because yeah. every last year he had a great week one and was irrelevant. This year, exact same thing. Nick takes him in the 12th, solid week one and just irrelevant ever since. And then week 13, I got Alshon Jeffrey, who is yeah. – I. Just retire, you it's know? Done. Like, just just get out of here. I mean, the second last pick in the draft, who cares? I think I'm going to make a pitch to Yahoo that even if Alshon Jeffrey plays in the NFL next year, they should just remove him from the just, player list. Just get him yeah. out of here. Just no no just one's allowed to pick him up. That's it. <laughs> just, like, get this guy out of the league. I'm so done with this guy. Who do you think had the best draft amongst the 10 managers in our league this year? I'm giving it. This might be stunning. Oh, I'm so curious to hear who you have. Yeah. I'm going with Dan. Whoa. I think Dan had the best draft. I'm going to rattle off Dan's draft real quick. Go ahead. No first-round pick. Yep. No fourth-round pick. No seventh, okay? He had double-upped in the fifth. That was pretty much it. And the rest were all late-rounders, okay? Interesting, yeah. He hits on his first two picks. This is what you have to do. Three good keepers who all got hurt, and that's unfortunate. Terry McLaurin was a hit. Stephon Diggs was a massive hit. Tyler Higbee was trash, but Tyler Boyd was his third pick. Yep. Talk about good 
Like, that's unreal to all go with Mike Thomas. Yep. That's an amazing, amazing, amazing job. Yep. And then Higby, who was a bust, but who cares? It's tight ends. Who gives a fuck? Yep. Dak Prescott was looking like a league winner before he got hurt. So I'm not going to fault him for that. And then the rest, who really cares? Hayden Hurst, Sony Michelle, Pat Carry on Johnson, Matt Stafford. He drafted Mike Will. We all miss, dropped yeah. him. Yeah, who cares? But those first four or five picks are really fucking good. Yep. And... Honestly, if if it wasn't for Saquon getting hurt, if it wasn't for Chubb getting hurt, if it wasn't for Thomas getting hurt, I think he's ten and one. This I think he's Nick. You know what I mean? Like, how do you lose with that squad? Yeah, we were really scared of him going in. Yeah, and we forget how good that team was. It's just because he's made so many moves. That's an interesting point you made about not having picks and therefore pushing up his value or or giving him the best draft. Because for me, it's it was quite simple for me, and this was for Franco. And I rip on Franco all the time, but I got to give it to him. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got the most starters who have remained mostly healthy and consistent in their production this year. The most healthy team we've seen in the league this year by a long shot. But here's his picks. Here's his first five picks. Clyde, Mahomes, Keenan, Jerry Judy, who has played and actually given him production, and CeeDee Lamb. Yes, I get it. He traded him. But here's some later picks. Ronald Jones in the eighth. Brandon Ayuk in the ninth. He takes Baltimore's defense. We chirped him for doing it in the 10th, but Baltimore's defense, still his starting defense. And he takes Robbie Anderson and Eric Ebron, both guys that are putting up numbers for him right now. To me, it's like, it's not just giving the first three picks and hitting on all three, which seem to be obvious. Yes, take Clyde. Yes, take Mahomes. Keenan was a great pick, but if you have production from your late guys and they're still pulling it out for you now at this point of the season, damn. He had so many guys that were, like he had the wackiest draft. Yeah in our recent history but he got so much good value out of so many guys keenan allen is an unbelievable value in the third round right yeah robbie anderson as you mentioned like he just got good he got guys that if you redrafted this year multiple will go in the first two rounds yeah. like easily and so it's just that's that's how you win the draft right you get good value even ronald jones like you mentioned like fifth round man yeah that's fucking crazy like that's so good. What are we doing, man? Yeah. What, like, we suck at drafting. Well, speaking of, speaking of what are we doing, uh, who do you think had the worst draft <laughs> this year? I'm giving it... Doors, you and I are a package deal I in this know. podcast, buddy. It's you and me. We suck. Ooh, wow. Oh, we you were, gave it to you too. I, it's, it's you and me are a tie for one. Wow. I'm giving us for two different reasons. Go because ahead. at the start, and this is one thing I was really right on because I hated your draft for a lot of reasons. You didn't go young. You needed new mm-hmm. keepers. You didn't go young. And it really came to bite you in the ass this year. Right yep. now, going into next year, your situation is a little up in the air and there's a lot of pressure on your draft. For me, I didn't capitalize enough with some good keepers. And because of that, I had to pay the draft pick price going into next year. Yeah. I wish I didn't have to do that. Um, so I'm giving it to both of us. I <clears throat> am going with myself because I know, like, and this is like, to me, it's a clear cut winner of the losers here for me. It was a failed strategy in terms of going in and misses in all the key areas. Yeah. I failed to select youth. I also failed to select talent that is bad. And in a year where guys like I just mentioned some of these guys, Ayuk, and some of the the good receivers like CD went later, and I just avoided them at all costs. I mean, I chose TY over a guy like Tyler Boyd, who I then later traded for for a fourth-round pick. Like, I just missed in so many areas, and honestly, it just had to do with a lack of strategy, and the lack of strategy was because of lack of preparation. 
if I were to look at this board, not knowing whose league this is, I would pinpoint you as the guy that was, oh, this was the dude that was really afraid of no training camp. So the rookies and young guys are going to really struggle and not pick up the playbooks and all that. So you just took guys that have been reliable in the past with the exception of a guy like Cortland Sutton who had already produced. Let's just rattle this off real quick, just for the people at home, right? Because we have this thing in front of us and they don't. Todd Gurley was your first pick in the second round. Cortland Sutton, who unfortunately got hurt, before week one, somehow. Uh, T.Y. Hilton in the fourth. Philip Lindsay in the fifth. Yep. Marlon Mack in the seventh, uh, who also got hurt. Preston Williams in the eighth. Uh, Nikhil Harry and Jonu, that was a good one, in the t- uh, tenth. Oh, Chase Edmonds in the eleventh, along with Latavius Murray. Saints D, Matt Prater, Drew Brees to round it out. Yep. There is no one of value there, other no. than Cortland Sutton, who is a question mark going into next year because of his injury. It's unfortunate. Uh, the other loser, let's bring up mine, right? Chris Godwin was unfortunate. Robert Woods was solid. Mark Ingram is the reason I'm putting myself in this fucking category. <laughs> One of the worst, because I was going One into pin. it not pin. I wasn't targeting Mark Ingram, but he was there, and I wanted a third running back, and I didn't think Gibson would be there on the turn. I should have taken... Look at all the value I left on the fucking board here. Sutton, Dobbins, Montgomery was trash. I really love Chark. Didn't even touch him. Judy, Diggs I left on the board. Parker was now on my team. Swift I didn't even touch, right? Michael Gallup, uh, who had to just I'm just trying to put ourselves yeah, back yeah, yeah. into the start of the of the season, right? Like these are guys that maybe you don't love, but man, it's just like what the fuck was I doing? But then I save it with Gibson in the fourth. Yeah, Kyler and then Kirk, Deshaun, Randall, like just some of the guys that took late is just so bad. Like Deshaun Jackson, Randall Cobb, Brian Edwards is a dart throw that didn't pay off. Campbell, I think, could have worked out, but he got hurt. Gesicki, who I dropped like after week one, and just a bunch of guys. I went back and listened to the whole draft night pod, all 58 minutes of it. And an interesting take is when you talked about Cortland Sutton on my team, and you did the whole dive into my team and mm-hmm. talking about how it was a shit draft. And I get it. You were up, you were upset about my decisions. I'm so mad at you, man. And you were right. But interesting point to me, talking about Mark Ingram, is that you were talking about Sutton in that spot. And you were talking about how you chose to draft Ingram, and you were kind of on the fence about it. And I'm just like, oh, okay, in hindsight... I'm going into next year thinking Cortland Sutton might be a keeper. Yeah. Thank God that Mark Ingram wasn't on the board for me there. What a mistake that would have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Gurley was equally as a big mistake, but the, at least you got value for him. The last thing we do <laughs> on this draft night segment is we want to talk about the hits and misses from our best, our worst, and our wildcard picks. Because what we did is we gave each team a best pick, a worst pick, and a wildcard from that night. So I'm just going to go through some hits from you and I, and feel free to chime in as you see fit. Mm-hmm. But some hits. That T.Y. Hilton, says Tones, was a horrible pick for Alex in the fourth round. Currently, Tones, T.Y., is the wide receiver 94. Oh, my God. And he was God. drafted just Jeez. ahead of. He was drafted within a few picks of the following two receivers, C.D. Lamb and Tyler Boyd. And I chose T.Y. Hilton over both of those players. Yep. Here's other bad. I'm sorry. Other hits from you. You said that Jarvis Landry was a horrible pick for Rich. He was in the fifth round. He's a horrible pick every year. Currently the wide receiver 57, and he was drafted just ahead of Will Fuller, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Aya, Christian Kirk. You also said that Juju was a bad pick in the second. He was drafted just ahead of Ridley, Metcalf, McLaurin. Here's some hits from me. Unless you have any hits from you. Juju is in the first. Okay. That's even worse. Crazy. Seventh overall. Juju Smith-Schuster. Do you have any from you that you hit that you'd like to point out? Yeah, I was uh, bang on on, and this wasn't a draft specific 
this guy was drafted, but this was a draft night situation. It was Kenyon Drake. Yeah. You and I were both very apprehensive on what Kenyon Drake was going to be this year. I think we both liked him, but if he was in the draft, we're hoping maybe second, third rounder yeah. because he's unproven. To trade the Julio Jones chip for Kenyon Drake, we both thought was a little bit like, yeah, uh, really for him? And look how it turned out. Yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, washed. Has been for a while. I was bang on on that. And not the other thing I was... Loser bracket teams being pretty good. Yeah. CRG is the exception here. Pick up the slack, CRG. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Franco is a powerhouse. Yeah. I'm in there. Mike's in there. CRG is probably a playoff team. That was my hot. That was supposed to be my bold prediction. That was your bold. We did at the end, we did a bold take. And your bold take was that all those teams, the four you mentioned, Mike, Genera, you, and Franco, who all missed in 2019, would all be in the playoffs. And you nailed that. Clearly wasn't bold enough. I assume that Genera will be there. My bold take, actually, and I remember you kind of having like an aneurysm when I told you this. You're like, oh my God, do we pick the same thing? But mine was that Mike and Genera, the two worst teams from 2019, would meet in the finals this year. Ooh. And that's par- still maybe, possible. Maybe why I want Christian to win so bad this year. Oh, here, but good okay so yeah. for me i actually want to build there's two takes that i had that were hits and one of them was building on what you said about lev i actually went back and i had a quote this is my quote on levy bell from the draft night pod he is quote an undraftable player oh if he was still there in the 10th i wouldn't take him as my rb4 love it horrendous pick we were, we were very aligned to that pot, I, I believe. Like we, there was a lot of guys you just didn't like that we both just didn't like. Well, and we guys weren't we holding that we back didn't. either because I was fired up. I oh, had a couple you're, beers. You're you already I knew you were so about mad. to lose this year, yeah. so you're just you already you got the like, like fire waste. started early. And the second one is uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Clyde, which we hadn't deemed as the triple stack. I'm just like they will single handedly yeah. win him many weeks, and they have absolutely have Pretty sixty cool. plus this week, and he won by twenty five six. Yep. Uh, some misses. I'll start with me. I said Antonio Gibson was, quote, a waste <laughs> of a draft pick, close quote. Right now, he's the RB11 for you, better than James Conner, Jonathan Taylor, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, Miles Sanders, and Nick Chubb, although those two have had injuries. I also said that Michael Gallup could be the wide receiver one this season for mm-hmm. Dallas and Ryan's wide receiver one. He was taken in the sixth round. That obviously did not hit. Big good, misses for me. Good waste of a fourth rounder. Yeah, the Gibson thing was funny because you were saying, I remember you saying that uh, he, he didn't really run the ball a lot in college. Yep. And I was like, well, it'll be his receiving. And in the NFL, it's been all the running yeah. and not enough of the receiving. It's shocking. Like, just goes to show you, man, we know nothing at the draft. We know nothing. We are guessing. I don't know if you have any more misses for me. Otherwise, we're going to move on to the misses from you. No, I have some misses on me. Go ahead. Uh, DJ Moore. Yeah, I dodged a bullet on that one. I loved DJ Moore. I still love him as a player. Man, I did not see Robbie Anderson coming there. We already talked about Diggs. I thought he was going to be a big-time bust. Who would have thought Josh Allen all of a sudden would learn how to throw a deep ball? That was the whole thing. Stephon Diggs is going to be their deep guy. Josh Allen sucks at throwing the deep ball. How is this going to work? And all of a sudden, Josh Allen is the most accurate deep ball thrower in the fucking league. Like, what the hell, man? You actually, so I'll I'll expand on that because I had it on mine for you. You said that Diggs was Dan's worst pick. He was a third-round pick and is currently the wide receiver eight or nine. You said, and I quote, this is a quote from you, an uber bust this year, Mm -hmm. close quote, and Josh Allen, quote, can't throw a deep ball to save his life. Yeah. So there you go. You don't just learn accuracy. Right. Right? That's what I'm thinking. Right. God damn it, man. What else Unbelievable. you Unbelievable. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, who I, along with the whole league, fucking loved. I thought Rich stole that guy with the eighth pick. I was pissed off. Dodged another bullet there. And another one for myself, 
and I, I'm just going to call myself out this for it because I didn't even mention it on the pod, but I had it on my own list. Mm. I was not high enough on DK Metcalf. I right. thought he was a one-trick pony. I thought he was really good at that one trick, but now all of a sudden he is developing, and that Seahawks offense is completely different. We've been waiting for it, and now they have it. DK Metcalf, all of a sudden a keeper. If he was there with my second-round pick, I don't know that I would have taken him. That's how low I was on him. Right. Man, what the fuck? What yep. was I thinking? couple other misses from you. Zach Ertz in the fourth round was a, quote, incredible value pick yeah. for Nick. Yep. Obviously, we know how that turned out. And you absolutely went in on Franco for reaching on the rookie wide receivers. And those are Lamb, Ayuk, and Judy. Judy, actually, the three of those guys, I'm going in thinking that Judy might actually be the best of the three. Right. turns out, especially after the Sutton injury. But mm-hmm. at the time, he takes all three of those guys, and you just had no fucking clue what he was doing. And the reason why you did that and you said that is because that you were just like, if you're taking bites at the apple, Ryan's favorite term on this podcast, you can only choose one of them, maybe, depending on your other keepers. And meanwhile, these guys have been, Lamb and Ayuk were at the time, obviously he made a trade and got Higgins instead. But point being is those guys were like every week starting guys that helped contribute to him just succeeding this yep, year, yep. which to me is just such an interesting turn of events. But Yeah, it is. It, it, he had arguably the most interesting draft in our league's history. It yep. was like at the time of it and now in hindsight, like I think if anybody drafts the Franco model next year, it's probably not going to work out the same. Like this yeah. was a one-off. Like it's just, this was just total wild card that just is working out. Yep. And good for Franco. He didn't, he capitalized on what we didn't see. That was fun. That That's was it. Fun. That's the draft. That was a long one. Yeah. We are, uh, we're going to jump into the marquees quick before yes. we move on. I've got for week 12, the second last week of the fantasy regular season, I've got you at eight and three taking on Franco eight and three in one of the most obvious marquee matchup matchups <laughs> that we've ever done. Who wants a buy tones in your week 13? You play Rob in Franco's week 13. He plays Dan. Oh, both of those interesting because both can put up points and also put up stinkers. We don't know, but Franco's points for advantage is about 170 or so on you. If my math is checking out. So this is so massive. Yeah. Because you need to beat him and then hope he loses again, or just you need to win out. That's why I spent big on the Saints D. Must win. Why the fuck not? All right, my marquee, Dan, three and eight versus Ryan, four and seven. Season on the line for Dan. Must win, even yeah. to have a remote chance. You already touched on it. Is DeAndre Swift back? We don't know. Does he start Montgomery, who sounds like he's going to be back? And on the flip side, Austin Eckler appearance. Hello, he's squatting fucking a billion pounds. He's been running. He's practicing this week, apparently. Yep. Is he going to play? I think probably not. But if he comes back, wouldn't it be funny if Eckler ends Dan's season? That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, Ryan would love nothing more than to play spoiler as well for that. Yes. Why or not? would he not want to because then he may have to play Dan in the loser bracket. Interesting. Ooh. Right? Don't give, don't give anyone ideas. Don't give yourself more work, all right, in this fucking league. Jesus Christ. My brain's always working, man. <laughs> always. Hey, for the first time in our podcast season, it is pitch black outside when we are done recording. Oh, gross. This is. This was an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. This is a banger. I think guys are going to be really fired up for that. Yeah, they're fucking better. Mike's not going to listen, though. Yeah. So now we are about 24 hours away. We're Wow. What, today's Wednesday? Correct. We are less than 24 hours away from football returning because we got two Thanksgiving games. We got the uh, Not three. very <laughs> highly anticipated Lions game that you're fired up for. Ugh. And then the very also anticipated uh, Dallas-Washington game. So, no, 
no Thursday nighter officially. There's nothing that they're nothing. replacing it no, with. Okay. No, it's just the, so just the early done. game, the mid game, and that's it. No primetime game. So hopefully the boys are listening right before a football kickoff or during football. We'll see. I don't know. You got any closing thoughts, Stones? No. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Sound, 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 sound. Let me see your shoulders work. I mean, I don't know what y'all came in.